So it's really important to try to not focus on the numbers too much. Just be yourself, be real, be authentic, share your experiences. And then in March 2020 is when I hit 1,000 followers. Oh yeah, so it takes a long time. Hello and welcome back to this very juicy episode of Off Air that I just know you have all been waiting for. Most of you lovely people listening right now will have some form of social media for your business, whether that's Instagram, Pinterest or TikTok. And if that's the case, um, then we will all be able to relate to how stressful it can sometimes be to keep up with the posting and the constantly changing algorithms. So I thought it was about time that we brought in an expert and who better to talk about how to grow on social media than the queen herself Christy from Pink Pony Creative. Hello Katie, I'm so excited Hi. to be here. I've been um, a listener of your first season so I was stoked when you asked me to come on here and be a guest <laughs> myself. So thank you for having me. <laughs> yes, I'm so excited for you to be here. Literally you've been one of our most requested guests um, so I hope that everybody is excited for you to be here. Um, so you just want to introduce yourself a little bit to um, the people who don't know who you are. Sure. So um, I own a uh, graphic design and branding agency called Pink Pony Creative. I'm located in Auckland, New Zealand, but I do work for um, many businesses all across the world. I've been uh, working, having this full-time business for about a year and a half now. Um, and yeah, it's going great. I've been loving it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we can't ignore the fact that you literally have over 50,000 followers on Instagram. What is it, like 218,000 followers on TikTok with some of your videos literally reaching millions? I mean, that McDonald's one that you did recently was insane. If you guys haven't seen it, like, Christy did a whole... Um, TikTok. She was like recreating like a, a luxury brand for McDonald's and McDonald's literally commented on it. And what is it on? Like 2 million views or something? Now? Yeah, I actually looked just before because I keep getting notifications about it. I think it's on 2.7 <laughs> million. Just from that video, I've had so many inquiries and I'm like, ah! Oh, wow. <laughs> do you get a lot of inquiries from TikTok? Um, I do get like quite a lot. Definitely not as many as I do through Instagram, but I do find mm -hmm. that the inquiries through TikTok are never sort of as serious. Um, people on TikTok, I right. think, have been following me for a long, like a longer time and a bit more invested yeah, in yeah. getting me to do their work. So it's quite interesting comparing them both. Yeah, I mean, I know for one, I definitely discovered you on TikTok. I remember um, me and Abby, I think, were talking about it and going, oh my God, this girl has so many followers on TikTok. Like, that's insane. And then I think I followed you on Instagram and it kind of just all went from there. Oh, um, so can you share a little bit about how you got to those, like how, how you started, how long it took you to reach those amazing figures? Because I mean, we've had so many questions like, how long did it take you to get that far and everything like that? Yeah, of course. So I started the business out actually as a 100 day design challenge, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. So I started my social media using that challenge. Um, I think I started at the end of 2019. And I kind of just did it because I was working for a one brand business and I wanted to just get more creative and have more fun. Um, so I started the Instagram not thinking anything of it. It's probably why I called it Pink Pony you know, <laughs> um, really <laughs> off the whim, just went for it and then started making these posts. And um, I started getting a little bit of traction through the 100 day challenge. Um, but it probably took about a, I, I mean, it took 100 days to finish it. And I think when I finished the 100 day challenge, I was at about 1000 followers. So it took a little right. bit of time um, to kind of creep up there. 
But that's kind of how I started the Instagram. And then from there, mm-hmm. I just started getting interest through, um, you know, to, you know, people were like, oh, could you make me a logo? That kind of thing. So yeah. I started offering services and things. Yeah, it's basically exactly the same as me. I mean, I started doing the the 30 day logo call challenge and kind of was posting that to Instagram. I got followers through that and then people started approaching me asking me for logos. So I think we're pretty similar, um, which is super interesting. Yeah, so that's, that's really funny. <laughs> it's a great way to start because you've got no pressure on yourself mm-hmm. and you're kind of just doing it for fun yeah. and just creating just kind of improve your skills and then you know when they Mm -hmm. when it all starts happening and kind of starts to flow and yeah it's pretty cool yeah like I always talk about the fact how I never started my Instagram page with the intentions of it being a business um, which I think was kind of a very different point of view to a lot of people because so many people start up their Instagram is going right I'm going to start a business now and kind of go into it with that mindset um so it's kind of been a bit of a different perspective definitely oh no that's so cool and then I guess um from I've got some notes here that I'm reading on <laughs> yeah um, um, I've got to be prepared otherwise I'll be a mumble jumble mess um and then from there I think it was like the next you know it'd been six months and then I started it was in lockdown and then mm-hmm. I was bored out of my brains, as everyone else is, and I downloaded TikTok <laughs> just for fun. And I started seeing, like, tutorials that other people were making um, for their businesses and, like, how-tos. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I could do this for graphic design. So I started posting on there just the same sort of thing, not thinking anything of it. Um, and then I think it was about, like, the fourth video. Actually, it did really well. Um, and I think it got to, like, a million views wow yeah and I was just like oh my god this is sick (laughs) Um, and then so I just kept going and I think because I was in lockdown um obviously I couldn't do anything at night and on the weekend so I just spent a lot of time posting tutorials um and it did quite well so I always say that lockdown was a bit of a blessing in disguise really because we all had so much free time and that's really when my business kind of took off as well like I was doing it before that but during lockdown that's when it you know I was really right I'm going to do social media now and I'm going to pay so much more attention to it and so I really think it was a bit of a you know it was a a tragic event and I think I mentioned this in the last episode I did as well but so many of us business owners have actually managed to benefit from that extra time that we've had which is which is amazing definitely completely agree um I think it's fair to say though with these kind of TikTok videos and even reels as well it can be so hit and miss like sometimes you'll get um one that gets like a thousand views and then you'll get one that gets like 250,000 views and it's so kind of I don't even know how to describe it but it it can be quite um demotivating I think for some people who are starting out um what would you say to somebody who's like right I want to get into TikTok yeah I completely understand where you're coming from there like I think the video the recent video that got like 2.7 million the video before that got like 15,000 views and so like the difference in them is just insane and I think um, try not it's so hard because we all do it as much as we mm-hmm. try not to is like look at the figures and look at the numbers but try mm. try not to look at them well you can have a check check the engagement check the views but don't be disheartened by it and um, yeah. sometimes even leaving them um, like a lot of older reels will start to do really well after um, like a few weeks um, mm-hmm. you know they might you might find that you won't get that many views but leave them for a week or two and then they'll start to ramp up Yes. Um, so it's really important to try to not focus on the numbers too much. I know how hard mm-hmm. it is. Um, it's always like a little addiction. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh my God. It's so true because I'm always checking them. I always try not to, but it's so, even your follow account, it's so hard not to check in on it. 
Um, so do you post all of your TikToks to Instagram Reels as well? Um, I don't post all of them. Like I do TikTok, I kind of just throw up anything and sometimes mm-hmm. I'll do random videos about like a comment someone made and kind of reply to their comment. Um, yeah. But I don't often put those ones on Instagram. Um, so it's kind mm-hmm. of TikTok is like a bit of everything, real fun, a bit crazy, a bit weird. And then Instagram is a bit more like curated and I've kind of yeah. put a bit more thought into what I want to post. Um, mm mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's the difference between the two are just so weird. Sometimes I look at TikTok Mm. and I'm like, surely the numbers are off. Like, they can't be right. (laughs) So I want to talk a little bit about why using social media is so important for your business and finding clients, etc. I mean, I definitely wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for Instagram. Um, You know, not only have I been able to attract some of my dream clients, but I've built a community, built my brand and been able to learn so much from some of the other incredible creators that are out there already. So like, do you think Instagram is one of the primary platforms for kind of finding clients and growing your business? Um, I think it is so... Like before Instagram, I didn't realize how important it was for a graphic design business. Mm. Um, you can go down several different ways. Like I do know of a business owner who um, was a senior designer above me at another company and she runs a full-time graphic design business with no social media and does a wow. really great job of it. So you can do it both ways. It's totally up to you and how you want to tackle it. Mm-hmm. But I think why I love Instagram and social media like TikTok and even Pinterest they're great because they can open up your opportunities like no tomorrow. Um, you know, not only are you getting amazing clients from all over the world, mm-hmm. you're then there's a whole other side to it when you're getting, you know, you can do some paid promotion and you can get opportunities like going on podcasts and yes. potentially um, the ideas of making courses, all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. I would never have thought of if I'd just completely gone off social media for design Mm -hmm. um so I think it it is really powerful in that sense and it can really grow your um not only your client your clientele but your community around you Mm -hmm. and your brand um so it's not just a design business I think for me as well it's opened up so many doors that I never even thought were things before like I feel like I've completely transitioned now into also being a bit of a design educator and a coach in the space as well which is something that I never thought of before because I was like oh I'm just this like small designer who hasn't even graduated uni yet what what value am I going to give to people and then it kind of just grew into this thing where people were like I love the value that you give and I was like oh okay maybe I do have some things to share so I think it's opened up so many doors and we're going to get into it a little bit later but obviously as you mentioned doing paid promotions um and I think as well um when you start to gain followers it can make you look a lot more trustworthy as well um which is the sad truth um you know but building followers you know it's a very difficult thing to do But I think it's fair to say as well that Instagram isn't for everybody. Um, I mean, everybody has, I would say, their like two platforms that they primarily operate on. For me, it's Instagram and Pinterest. Uh, For you, it's Instagram and TikTok. Do you have any advice for anybody in regards to how to find which social media platform is right for them? Um, Definitely, actually. And I love this question because, you know, 
you're so easily swayed when you're on social media by what others are doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you see everyone else doing all these things and you're like, I want to do it all. But, you know, Mm -hmm. one person doesn't have the time to do everything. And I think that's really important to keep in mind. So don't stress out if you're not doing Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, LinkedIn, all those things. Um, I think it's a bit of trial and error. So you want to just test things out, like test the waters, see what kind of engagement you get. You know, see if there's a platform that does better, see if there's one you even enjoy doing better, um, and then kind of narrow it in. I reckon on like two is a really good amount, and mm-hmm. maybe you kind of dabble in one. Um, but I wouldn't yeah. stress out too much if you're um, finding that you're, you know, trying to do it all. Like, it, it will be, it's impossible. You won't be able to exactly. do it. Exactly. <laughs> and I mean, Instagram has its faults as well. Like, not everybody loves Instagram. Like, do not feel the pressure to be on Instagram if you feel like it's not working for you. Um, because the amount of DMs I've had and it, they've just said, look, I just, I've been doing this for a year and I just can't grow or it just doesn't seem to be working out for me and I'm not enjoying it. Like that is fine. If Instagram is stressing you out and you're not enjoying it, like you don't have to be on it because there are so many other routes. I mean, look at you with TikTok. I mean, what would you say your kind of percentage of inquiries is from your different social medias? I think I actually um, figured this out the other day and I think it was 70% Instagram and then um, it was 20% TikTok and then the remaining mm-hmm. was referrals. Um, yeah. So a huge portion is Instagram. Um, but I mean, in the last like three days, it's been all TikTok <laughs> um, yeah. just from that one video. But um, yeah, so Instagram is really like, you know, I do think that the viewers and the audience on TikTok, they do tend to be a lot younger. Um, and yeah. so, you know, if they want to logo design they think that and this is not a bad thing you know they think Mm -hmm. they can get it for 50 bucks but I just don't offer that the amount of comments I see on your TikToks it's like can you make a logo with this particular name and I'm just like well she's not just gonna do it for free for a video for you I definitely find that as well I basically post all of my reels to TikTok so I do it a bit backwards compared to what you do um not that I engage too much in TikTok but I've been there a couple of times where some of the comments you get on these videos you have to kind of step back and think oh that's a bit rude. I feel like TikTok is so much more anonymous than Instagram and sometimes it can, you know, you need to be a bit strong-minded to be able to deal with some of the comments that you can get on there sometimes. Definitely. I like I was actually thinking this the other day and I was looking through some of the comments and someone said get a real job and I was like, "Um, excuse me." <laughs> I know. Oh my god. <laughs> I couldn't believe it, but like you've just got to be like, "Okay, whatever. Like it's fine." Although if I can give one word of advice to anybody wanting to get in TikTok, never post anything to do with your pricing on there because I made that mistake and I ended up having to turn the comments off because people were telling me I was overcharging and I was scamming people and it just turned into this nightmare thing. Oh Jesus, like people just hide behind anonymous accounts on TikTok, so do beware. Like <laughs> every single social media does have its like negative side of things as well. Um so we talked about those a lot. Do you have any experience in Pinterest or any other social medias? Is there anything else that you use? No, I would love to get into Pinterest. I think I've seen um, you do quite a bit of it and you've done, like had some yeah. really good results. I've been I've been trying. I've been trying. <laughs> I'm on about like 1.6 million monthly views now, which is pretty insane. But um, it's mainly through idea pins. Um, like my static pins just do not 
get any views whatsoever um I think I've had like one or two inquiries from Pinterest like it's not taken off in terms of that side of things but I think for me Pinterest is definitely my second social media or I'm getting there it takes a lot of effort though because every single Instagram post I'm trying to transform it into and into Pinterest and it's very time consuming like I don't think people understand how much time social media takes so much time it's crazy it's like it's crazy I actually had him I often get asked um, why why is my account not growing or like how how can I yeah. grow my account I've been working at this for a year and I recently had a question like that and I clicked onto their profile and they their posts were so sporadic and they had like a post from last week but then the previous post before that was like three months ago mm. and then the previous one before that was like six months ago and the answer was right there like you're just not consistent enough um so I think that's like the biggest key with any social media is you have to be yeah. consistent so how, fre- how frequently do you post? I think I try to do that rule where it's the three posts a week, three reels a week, and then mm-hmm. 10 stories a day, um, which yeah. seems like a lot, but it's definitely doable. I have slowed down a little mm. bit just because um, the client work is just so crazy at the moment. So I'm like, yeah, I'm exactly the same. Like things behind the scenes are so busy and I'm like, oh my goodness, I haven't uploaded a story today. And then I take a quick picture of my screen and be like, this is what I'm up to. And then put it on my story. But yeah, things behind the scenes have been so crazy at the minute. I actually sat last night and I was like, right, this is the first time in months I have not had a single post scheduled for the upcoming week. Oh, really? Normally I, normally I plan everything in advance. And again, we're going to talk about this in a bit, but um, yeah, and I sat down last night. I was like, oh my goodness I need to plan something but sometimes you just go through those dry patches where you're like I just I just do not know what to post and I just do not have the energy to sit down for hours and create all these posts and I think that is okay as well to mention like it, you see people posting every single day I mean I used to post every single day um until I made my separate account um and it was so time consuming like I would spend hours and hours and hours doing it and it gets stressful you know, I think, but I think three posts a week is manageable. Um, so, you know, don't feel the pressure to post every single day because I mean, it works for Christy. <laughs> and I think that leads us quite nicely into the next section. So the title of this episode is quite literally creating a social media empire. So I think that the question that everybody is dying to know the answer to is what are your top tips for growing a genuine following on social media? Obviously, we've already mentioned consistency. Yes, yeah, the consistency, definitely. Um, another couple is don't be afraid to put you into your social media. Mm. I think that's such a key thing, um, you know, and really try and like use your personality traits to you know, on your social media and enhance them in a way that you would like yeah. to. Like, I feel like I'm quite a bubbly, outgoing person. So I like to mm-hmm. get on my stories and say random things or like talk quite, you know, yeah. boldly. And I know like Abby um, loves her dancing and like that really yeah. comes through so nicely on her social media. Exactly. Um, which is really cool. And even, you know, even if you're a bit shyer and um, you're into, I don't know, just being a bit quieter, push that through into your social media and like, you know, yeah. do some really nice, calm talking stories or you know I think people get so kind of oh my goodness I don't want to put my face on my Instagram I'm so worried about that but honestly confidence like I was exactly the same and then I realized so as brand designers we're constantly kind of encouraging our clients to stand out from everybody else and 
the best way that they can do that is through their personality and the value traits of their brand. So we need to be doing exactly the same thing on our social medias, you know, really showing those quirks of your personality that really make people want to follow you. Um, And it's so true because ever since I started doing that, my followers shot up Um, and really, you know, that's the key to things. Um, But, you know, you can start and I think Abby and I spoke about this in the last episode that we did about social media, but you can start kind of edging into it slowly by maybe posting a photo of your workspace or uh, like just showing a picture of what you're up to, but not necessarily keeping getting your face in there. But I would definitely recommend eventually at some point putting your face out there on social media. Yeah, for sure. I actually had another comment, which kind of goes off nicely to that. With mm-hmm. you know, if, if you don't like putting your face on stories and things like that, um, you know, get personal in your captions. So maybe share yes. an experience. And sometimes you know, the ones that do quite well are actually like maybe a negative experience you've had or when you felt not down and you, um, you know, you're unmotivated, post about all those emotions. I mean, you don't want to do it too much that it's like just all sad all the time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You want to be positive, but you want to be relatable. I think people like to know that they can relate to you. People love like seeing the real behind the scenes stories because I think you can be like, oh, look, I've got all of these clients and things are going great. But then if you sit down and talk about actually here's this time that a client tried to sue me and everybody's like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize that kind of thing happened to you. Like it's a great way to connect with your audience as well because it it encourages them to engage in your captions, DM you and it really gets that community element of of that in there as well. Definitely, yeah. Like if you've posted on your story, you know, I'm having an average day, I can't think of anything. I've done that before and I've often got um, people, um, you know, DMing me saying, oh my God, I've had had a day like that too. Yeah, It's been really average, but it feels good knowing that someone else is feeling that. So Just be yourself. Be real, be authentic, share your experiences. Yeah. I simply have to ask... How do you come up with so many great ideas for your TikToks? Oh, sometimes it's very hard. <laughs> sometimes yeah. I'll, I'll sit there for like an hour and then I'm like, okay, it's not happening today. So I just give up because I'm like, if I can't mm-hmm. get it in within an hour, I'm like, no, nah, I'm done. Can't do it today. But um, yeah, I think something really key to remember is something that you find uninteresting, others might. And most of the time they will, mm. even if it's a really basic design skill or a tool that you commonly use, you can make a video out of that. Like um, some people might not know that tool you use. I mean, I know you've shared a few things before and I've been like, oh, I did not know that Illustrator did that. Or, And I did a, a reel a couple of months ago now and it was literally like the basics of Illustrator. And I was like, this is how you make shapes. Like this is how you do and the most basic things. And so many people were like, this is so helpful. I'm trying to learn Illustrator and this was really helpful. So just, just, yeah, that's a really great tip. Yeah, so I thought that was a good one. And also, like, I mean, along that, you know, a lot of my audience and probably a lot of your audience as well, like, mm-hmm. they're learning, they're intermediate designers trying to figure out things. So, you know, they're not going to know a lot of the stuff that we know. Um, so it's important to put it out there, really. Um, and another, like, cool little tip, I guess, that people could take off me is, when you're designing, literally, if you're making like brand a brand for someone or designing a logo, you know, in the moment, if you're like, oh, this is quite cool, I'll make a video out of it. Just literally yeah. get your camera out, make a quick video. Um, don't think too much about it. Just do mm-hmm. it. Just post it. <laughs> get it out there. I always find that sometimes I'll be sitting doing things and I'm like, oh, I could be filming a time lapse of this or, um, oh, I can turn this into a quick... I feel like all the best ideas come from like 
them spontaneous thoughts. And I always find that normally when I'm doing, because I tend to do reels more than TikTok, but I tend to be like, oh my goodness, I've just I've just seen a particular sound and like suddenly I have a great idea for this video. Um, and it's the same with social media posts as well. Like people always ask me, um, how long do you sit and plan your posts for? When do you do it? And honestly, I just tell them I do it when I feel like it. Like, it's just one of those things where I just, if I'm in the mood and, I've, and I'm feeling creative and I have the ideas, I can sit down and do a ton of posts, but I cannot force myself to do social media posts for the life of me. Like I was doing this last night, I was trying to sit down and I was like, oh my goodness, what am I gonna post? I had, a, I had a huge list of ideas, but I was just not feeling it. Sometimes it just doesn't happen and you're like, oh, I'll just give up today, I'll try again tomorrow. See if that mm -hmm. works. Do you plan a lot of your Instagram posts in advance? They're all on the spot. Like I've never really? planned any posts. <laughs> I think <laughs> I might have like thought about one or two in the future, but I've literally been like, oh, I probably should post today. Throw it up there. Yeah. And that's kind of like, once again, it's just what works for you. Um, find out mm -hmm. what you like doing. And that's kind of what works is what worked, oh God, can't speak, has what worked for me. <laughs> Ugh, that was hard to say. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just trial and error, figuring out what works for you and mm -hmm. getting it done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was exactly the same. Like, I used to do that a lot and then I ended up hiring a social media manager, um, which ended up kind of, I'm not working with her anymore, but... Um, I was working with a social media manager and we were kind of trying to figure things out. And she's like, have you ever used Later before, like this scheduling app? And I was like, no, what is this? And I started using it and honestly, it's like transformed the way that I do social media. Like for me, it's made it so much easier because I used to kind of, I did all my posts in advance and I kind of had them planned in like an InDesign document or something like that. And then I would just like trans um, send them to my phone and then I would have to think, oh, I've got to post today and then write the captions. But I just put it all in the scheduling app and it just does it all for me. And I write all my captions in advance and it makes my life so much easier. So yeah, I mean, it really does depend on what works for you. Like, I think everybody has their own methods. There's no set way to do social media. And I think this is a really important thing to say. Like, we might be saying tips and tricks, but you know, that might not work for you or something else might work for you. It's completely like a unique experience, I think. Um, and obviously the people that do things differently are the ones that get noticed. So find your groove, find the things that you do best. I mean, you do a great job of filling your Instagram feed with branding, which is something I actually need to do more of. I mean, the majority of my posts are just like um, information and things like that. See, like Christy and I, we, we have very different content. Like you post so much branding work, which is incredible. And I'm every single time you upload, I'm like, wow um, <laughs> I just like I can stare at your designs forever um <laughs> so yeah we do things very differently but I mean we're kind of in similar positions so again it just goes to show like do what you love and people will love it as well um how do you get over the whole like feed cohesion debate because I know so many people struggle with uploading their work out of fear of it not matching their feed and as somebody that works with a lot of colors and loads of different brands like how do you deal with this I totally get this because I was really like I was quite strict about it especially with my 100 day design mm. challenge I did it in like a rainbow effect so it was very yeah. like curated and perfect um and looking back I'm like oh, I don't love that so I'm glad I've changed mm. my mind um but like the style of my Instagram has definitely developed over time like I haven't just decided I'm going to do it this way it's sort of happened over time um mm. but one of the thing is I mean I've said this before in this podcast but don't think too much about it. Don't stress too yeah. much about it. Like, I think you're the only one who stresses about it. You yes. Know? Like, I, I wouldn't go onto your page and think, 
oh, that doesn't look very cohesive. A hundred percent, yep. I mean, like, there's definitely ways you can kind of make it look, um, you know, a bit, like, formatted. Like, I, you can mm-hmm. kind of stick to a pattern, um, and I think you probably do the same kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I do, like, a photo and then a graphic. A photo and yes, then a I do the same. Yeah, and that's, like, my only pattern I have. But otherwise, um, yeah, or maybe it's colours for someone else. And I feel like a, a good thing as well is to have set like designs of posts that you use like for you one of your most kind of commonly known ones is the one where you like take a picture of your screen where you've got all the designs out like that is one of your kind of go-to posts and then for me I have like different specific layouts like I have like three or four different post layouts for the graphics that I just rotate around um and it just helps to keep things that little bit more cohesive um for me in terms of keeping things like cohesive with branding projects because I've definitely started experimenting so much more with color now which I'm just I can't believe I didn't do this before because I'm obsessed with it um but I always post my branding projects in like a row of three so that it's like my normal feed and then this like strip of like the brand and then my normal feed again just so that it doesn't feel like oh I've got this like minimal feed and then suddenly like a bright red logo in the middle of it <laughs> so that is another great way of doing things that I really really like doing it's hard though like with so- especially as designers we're always creating different looks for different clients so it's hard to like mm. make them match but I think um like my style that you kind of see on my Instagram is very bright and bold so I kind of just yes slap them all on there and it somehow looks all right (laughs) Um, (laughs) so I'm like you know once again there is a method to the madness (laughs) yeah So it's that section of the podcast again where I've asked everybody to submit their own questions and I like doing this because it's normally so much more specific than the questions that I can think of. Um, So I think we're going to go ahead and answer some of these questions and I think the first one to kick it all off, which is a a nice juicy question and I hope we can get into this, which is do you ever get paid for your social media influence? Yes, I liked this question because it's so funny when I started designing or like even two years ago, I would never have imagined that I would be getting paid to promote stuff through design. Like, (laughs) I didn't even know it was a Mm -hmm. thing. Like, I was like, what people, that's, you know, there's an influencer for everything, I swear to God. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, no, I have gotten paid um, a few times, but honestly, not many. I do get some emails, but I actually turn a lot of them down because... Yeah, me too. Yeah, they, they don't, like, mesh that well. Like, I did have one recently where um, it was an online business and you could go in and basically it's kind of like Fiverr where you could go in, you know, pay for a logo that's really Mm. cheap. And like for me, I'm like, why would I want to collab with a business like that? Like great idea, but I'm trying to sell a service. Um, So I Mm. turn them down just because they don't mesh well with what I'm doing. Um, Yeah. So I think it's something to keep in mind, but no, it's very cool. It's really cool. Yeah, I've, I've kind of had a couple as well. I've had some that I've worked with that maybe haven't turned out so well and they kind of wanted to carry on working with me and I was a bit like, Ooh. it feels, you know, when sometimes it's really hard to come across as genuine and you're like, this felt like a very salesy post. Like I've had that before and then I've just been like, yeah, I don't want to work together anymore. I recently worked with Squarespace, which was pretty cool. Um, so cool. Yeah, that was really fun. I did enjoy that one. Um, and hopefully we can work together more in the future. Um, I saw that like, was it Photoshop that commented on one of, one of your reels and you were like, please work with me. I was like, oh my God, I freaked out. I was like, oh my God. And then they said they DM'd me and they hadn't or I just couldn't find it. And then I DM'd them and I was like, hey, I'm here. 
hello. <laughs> um, but no, haven't had any response. <laughs> if anybody listening to this is like, I want to start doing that. How do you think that people can start getting into that game a little bit more? Oh yeah, that's such a good question. Um, so I feel like a good way to start working with brands, like connect with brands that you potentially would want to work with. Mm. Just say, um, if I wanted to work with Photoshop, I'll follow them, start liking all their stuff, start commenting on their photos, their videos saying, awesome, love this, um, mm-hmm. I love Photoshop, things like that, to try and get them to notice you. Um, the next way to go about it, I guess you could, um, you know, direct message them or email them. Um, mm-hmm. It can get a little bit hard because I think businesses like that obviously get so many DMs and so many emails all the time. So, um, yeah, it's difficult. But just tag them and stuff. Um, you know, even when you post yeah. something, if you're using something from Creative Market and you thought maybe one day I could work with them, tag them in your mm-hmm. stuff. Um, try and get them to notice you without being, like, forceful. I think especially if there are some kind of smaller, lesser known brands that you use a lot genuinely, um, you know, that's a great way to get things out there. Because I mean, people like, I don't know, Squarespace, Adobe, like they're going to be kind of harder to reach. Um, and I think obviously you do get to a point as well where they do start reaching out to you. Like when, when Squarespace emailed me, I was like, is this legit? Is this a scam? Like what it was going on here? <laughs> like, oh my God, <laughs> is this real? Do you think designers should have a personal brand account and a business account? Oh, yes, this was a good question too. Um, I think it's completely up to you. And once again, mm-hmm. whatever works for you, just go with it. Like, um, I know that you made your personal Instagram. And yeah. even when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, maybe I want to do this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like for me, um, I just love doing the one Instagram. Um, yeah. So, you know, I want to stick with that. Um, but, you know, I think there's totally merit in both. Mm. I think it totally depends as well on your goals within your business. Um, Like for me personally, I really want to make Wildflower like a big agency slash studio in order to do that. I need to make it that little bit less personal, which probably hasn't reflected greatly on my kind of engagement rates because it has dropped hugely and I need to start getting a little bit more personal now. Um, But it's about finding that mix. Like for me, I just needed to almost take myself out of it a little bit more um, so that I could have that growth and be like, we are a team of people, not just me. Um, But if it is just a a solo train and you are enjoying doing the more personal content, then there's no reason why you should be separating them. because obviously a lot of you will know Carliana, she is my like business coach as such. And I was having a one-to-one call with her and we were talking a lot about my goals and how I get there. And she said, you know what? I don't say this often, but I think you need to separate your accounts. And I was like, mm-hmm, that needs to happen. And it kind of all went from there. So yeah, it does completely depend on like your goals as a business and like where you want to take it. And if you try it and it doesn't work, that's fine. Like, you can always go back to it. Like, there's no harm in trying something and it failing. Um, the amount of, like, business ventures I've tried in the past that just have not worked. Like, I remember ages ago, I tried to sell Squarespace templates and I think one person bought one and then I ended up, like, taking them off because they just didn't sell. Like, it is okay to have these things that you try and don't work out. Definitely. No, I love that. I want to get around to that, but I haven't yet. <laughs> well, <like>, templates <laughs> and stuff, but I need to do it. <laughs> How long did it take you to get to 1,000 followers? I think we kind of mentioned this at the beginning. Didn't you say it was like during your 100 days of design challenge? Yeah, I actually think I hit it at like, I had got to 100 days and I think I was like around about then, it was when I hit the 1,000 mm. mark. Um, but 
like I think something that really helped me in the beginning as I did boost the posts a, a few times and I think like don't right. be afraid to because when you're starting out it's actually so hard to get yourself exposed to new people um and a great way to do that is by boosting your post like I put 20 bucks on for like two days every now and then and I'd mm-hmm. get like probably max five followers from it but it did help um and I think yeah. I did that up until about 2,000 followers and then I kind of stopped doing it but it's a great way to get yourself out there yeah um, but it does like once again take so it can take a long time to even get to yeah. a thousand followers for sure I mean I started my Instagram account I think it was just before I went to university so it must have been in 2018 and I started my Instagram account there I wasn't really posting with intent I was kind of just throwing a few things up there which are definitely no longer on that account um but I was kind of posting loads of random stuff and um then when I was at university I think in between my first and second year was when I started to do the logo challenge and I was posting then and this must have been the summer of oh goodness this is gonna yeah summer of 2019 yeah, summer of 2019, and then in March 2020 is when I hit 1,000 followers. Oh, yeah, so it takes a long time. Yeah, so it did. It really took me a while to kind of kick off. Um, but then when it did, I started growing massive. I remember so clearly doing a podcast episode. It must have been in, like, spring, summer of um, last year, and I remember saying, oh, my goodness, I've just hit 3,000 followers. Like, that's insane. I cannot believe it. And now here I am with nearly 40,000 and it's been just over a year. Like it's, it's just crazy how much these things can grow. Um, so, you know, stick at it. These things do happen and celebrate your achievements as well. Like when I hit 1000, I was like over the moon. Like I was like, this is crazy that 1000 people follow me. Like just because there are people out here on 10, 20,000 followers doesn't mean that your achievements have to be lessened, if that makes sense. And something that I've realized as well, um, you know, when I had a thousand followers, I was like, wow, same as you. I was like, that's so cool. That's epic. To be Mm -hmm. honest, when I hit 50,000, it's the same feeling. Like it's not any different. And you know, it's always just, it's just you behind a, behind a phone in your house. Like it doesn't feel real, but, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, your opportunities are growing and things like that, but the feeling's the same. So don't feel like, oh, when I reach 50,000 followers like Pink Pony, I'll have it all. I'll be Mm -hmm. rich. It's definitely not like (laughs) it. And it's important to remember as well that followers aren't like particular benchmarks either. Like when you hit 10,000, it doesn't automatically mean that you're going to start being fully booked. Like I think I'm, I was getting around the same amount of clients as I am now when I was at 5,000 followers. Like I'm getting the same amount of inquiries, but they're just so much more kind of tailored towards what I'm trying to do. Like my dream clients, kind of the bigger budgets, you know what I mean? But it's, I'm still fully booked. Like nothing has particularly changed massively from when I was at 5,000 followers to almost 40,000 followers. So it's just important to remember that perspective. Like followers do not mean business. You know, you can, you can have 20,000 followers and not be being booked out. It's, it's completely about perspective for sure yeah like uh, for me I think the followers have kind of just equaled opportunity um Mm, yeah but yeah like you said I think I was the same like when I was at 5,000 followers 
I was getting the same amount of inquiries as I am kind of now. I mean, not in the past few days. They've been a bit wild. But, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's just, I think, for everyone who's trying to reach those goals, it's important to don't beat yourself up if you're not at 1,000 followers yet. Like, you know, it takes time. And um, you'll definitely it get really there. Does. You've just got to work hard. Just keep going. <laughs> I mean, it might be so easy to look at somebody like uh, Christy or myself and think, oh, my goodness, look at them. They've got so many followers. But we all started somewhere. Like we were all at the bottom of the chain at one point and we've just done all of these things to grow and there's no reason why you can't do the same. For sure. And just post your reels. Just post your reels, yeah. people. <laughs> Seriously. I remember when I really got into reels, like I was gaining like 5,000 followers in one month just because my reels reach was like so high. My engagement just improved so much, uh, which reminds me, I need to sit down and film some. <laughs> no, um, the reels are crazy. I think for me... Which actually really tipped my Instagram account was one video, and I think it. This is actually kind of a funny story. The video got I'm to like for- a million fo- um, followers, a million views, and I grew ten thousand followers in a week. And I was like, "What?" <gasps> it was when I went from ten thousand to twenty thousand. Oh yeah. And I freaked out. I was like, "No, I don't want this." So I deleted the video. <laughs> Did um, you really? <laughs> yeah. I, just, I was. I just was worried that. I didn't want all these new followers to saturate what I was really here for. And the whole reason behind my Instagram Mm. at that time was to get clients. And most of the followers that were coming in were like junior designers and people wanting tutorials for design. And Mm. I didn't want to like, I think I just, I was like, oh my God, fuck. This actually relates really well to the <laughs> to the next question, um, which is how do you actually attract clients instead of other designers? Yes, I liked this question. I thought it was a hard to think of an answer Mm. like um I think one thing that I have learned is even if you're posting tutorials um don't think of it as you know potential clients aren't going to be interested in it they're going to look at you like you're an expert like you really know what you're doing and that's something I've learned through TikTok you know I mostly just post tutorials I don't actually post a lot of my work but people still come to me and say wow you really know what you're doing yeah I have the exact same thing like the amount of clients that have turned around and been like the amount of stuff that you share about brand strategy theory or like the amount of content you share about all of these different things like it shows me that you know your stuff and so many people say like you're giving this value off for free I want to see what I can pay for like so many people say that to me um so yeah that is a really great point yeah yeah so like don't think too much about it you know um I think yes is going to probably in most cases for all of us designers we're going to have majority like the audience is probably like 80% designers and 20% mm-hmm. maybe potential clients but don't stress about it because those clients watching are probably the ones that are really interested as well I remember Carly told me something that that kind of made me step back and think oh yeah sure like them clients are there like they're following you your your dream clients are following you they just need one post or one thing that's going to make them change their mind to think yeah now's the time I need to work with them because the chances are they really are already there in your following they're watching what you're doing they're just waiting for the right moment and kind of tailoring your content towards that is a great way and I think again I've mentioned this before but thinking about some of your clients obstacles and then creating them into posts like one of the biggest obstacles is obviously budget and you know thinking about oh I'm never going to be able to afford to work with this person do some posts um uncovering why designers charge what they do do a post about your payment plans I don't know or different services that you offer that are a bit cheaper like try and capture that specific audience because they are there 
I promise you, they are there. <laughs> Definitely. No, I love those content ideas too, you know, even down to the basics of like, um, you know, five ways you can brand your business now without spending any yeah. money or something like that um, and check capture those people. Um, mm -hmm. That's such a good way of doing that. I love that. And also kind of doing these um, like short offers and maybe like freebies or even like a short giveaway, like they're great ways to attract people. Like I remember, and I never actually ended up doing this. Who knows, I might do it at some point in the future, but feel free to steal this idea if you want. I'm giving you permission. <laughs> um, like doing a series of like free brand audits. So like saying, right, I'll do, I, I've got three free spaces for an hour call with me to go through your branding. And you know, what are the chances that so many of those people are gonna turn around and be like, oh, I missed that opportunity, but I'm gonna work with her anyway. Or the people that do get on the calls be like, I want more. Like give, like creating some kind of sales funnel that people are engaging with your content from the get go. Like it's an amazing way to get people involved or, you know, creating some kind of freebie. Um, I don't know, like a, a brand checklist or, you know, just some like small ways that you can really start engaging your clients um, is a is a great way. There's a girl on TikTok that I follow and I can't remember her handle for the life <laughs> of me, which is going to annoy me. But she does these really cool videos. Um, she's got beautiful like platinum blonde hair. And she does these videos where she roasts logos, but people submit. Oh, it's Kenzie, Kenzie Green. She's supposed to be coming on the podcast. Oh, I love weeks. it. <laughs> yeah, like her videos like on the roasting logos are so cool. And I'm like, such a different take on it. You know, maybe then those, mm. those people that are getting their uh, logos roasted, they'll be like, oh shit. I need a, a rebrand. I, th I think she has actually worked with a couple of the people whose logos that she's like roasted, I think. Um, I could be wrong. <laughs> I'll talk to her about it. But yeah, it's just coming up with these like unique ideas to capture your audience and just sit down and do a brainstorm. Like you don't have to do it for long, but you might come up with some really cool, unique idea that's really going to draw in that audience. And having an audience of designers also is not the worst thing in the world because obviously things like selling templates, um, you know, that's what I do personally. I, and I'm not afraid to say this, I make more money from selling my templates than I do from my clients. Oh, I'm so jealous. I really need to do it. I've thought about it so much. And every time I see yours, I'm like, they're so great. I'm like, oh, it's like passive income. But genuinely, like, play into your audience. If you do have an audience of designers, like there are gonna be ways that you can benefit from that too. Obviously creating this podcast as well, like not that I make any money from this, I just do it for a bit of fun, but it's a great way to kind of build on the community element of things. Um, so yeah, I mean, play into that audience. There's no harm in doing that either. And no doubt that once you start to grow your audience of designers, you are gonna get clients in there as well. Definitely, 100%, like no doubt about it. Even if you feel like, most of them are designers. They, like you said, they'll be watching. They'll be there. They'll be waiting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if somebody is starting out their business, they're wanting to grow on social media, what is your ultimate piece of advice? My ultimate piece of advice. Oh, I should have prepared. I know, I've given you this one on, a st on the spot. <laughs> I like it, I like it. I would say a couple of things if we can do it you can so don't feel mm -hmm. like you can't at all you definitely can you just got to work hard um the other thing is um you know whatever you might find something not interesting but there's going to be a huge audience for it whether it's graphic design maybe it's making candles maybe it's making paintings could be anything mm -hmm. there is an audience out there for it you've just got to find a great way to market it and make it look yes. interesting so go for it 
<laughs> yes, I love that. Well, that is everything we have time for today. And thank you so much, Christy, for coming on and sharing your knowledge. I mean, I know so many people are going to be like, yes, I love this episode just because so many people have asked to see you on the podcast, which is amazing. Make sure to go and give Christy a follow over at Pink Pony Creative. Oh, she has amazing design inspiration over there. And I mean, your projects are just like insane to me. Like the patterns that you do, I'm, I just find myself like mesmerized by them. Um, <laughs> absolutely love your work. Um, so yeah, make sure to go and give Christy a follow. Make sure to go and give us a follow over at Off Air Pod. And we will see you next week with a brand new episode. Thank you, Katie.